The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, today, as you probably know, marks the final full day. It's an important uh, distinction to make as Taoiseach Michal Martin winds down at a meeting in Brussels or winds down his time as Taoiseach and he'll be handing over tomorrow at a cabinet meeting to Leo Varadkar yet again, who is, of course, currently Taunishta. But here to help us get a bit of report card out and put a bit of shape around the Martin years is John Drennan, who is political correspondent with the Mail Group. John, good evening to you. Evening, Emmett. You can see there are two and a half minute clip, a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, his legacy we'll talk about in a second and we'll talk about the reshuffle that's going on because where he lands next, I suppose, he kind of uh, fills in that final part of the legacy. But COVID to me anyway kind of stands tall as shaping everything about the period of office of Micheál Martin as Taoiseach. Even the resignations were attached to COVID. Is that the way you'd see it, that it, that's, that particular respiratory disease has shaped his period in office? Uh, certainly influential. Uh, his, uh, his his Taoiseach, um, his manner of how, of how he became a Taoiseach grew and evolved uh, during that time. I suppose funny when you look back on it that um, when we actually had the court case about Golfgate, it was uh, it evolved that uh, no one had done anything wrong. Uh, but I suppose uh, such is life. Um, if you were looking for an overarching view. Uh, of Michal as Taoiseach. I, I, I'm minded of the, um, the the scene in Yes Minister where Jim Hacker on one occasion asks his driver how he is faring uh, and the driver says, all right, uh, all, the, all the drivers say you've done all right uh, and Hacker's face falls and he says, just all right. And the driver <laughs> says, well, you should hear what they're saying about the rest of them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there was another another British Prime Minister once said, my political problems are insoluble and my financial ones are incomprehensible. So, I mean, he did get hit on a number of different fronts with COVID. It just created a financial crisis as well. But but in terms of his personality, I mean, Micheál Martin, you hear, you know, when you ask people around the place, they say, steady pair of hands, seems, you know, approachable, sort of ordinary guy. You don't get that extreme reaction than other Irish Prime Ministers or Taoiseachs have been given. So, in terms of his personality, did it help him a little bit that he's he's a hard person to, in a way, get angry about if you don't agree with what he's doing? Uh, undoubtedly helpful and perhaps uh, needed. As I say, I do have a sense that he grew into the job, uh, which a lot of people say about uh, Tishi, uh, that he would have been quite uncertain coming in. And he was hit by the biggest uh, pandemic uh, seen since um, Spanish flu, I think, in 1918, uh, which wasn't the best of starts as such. Uh, but if you look, for example, we mentioned that coronavirus defined his um, premiership, but uh, also the first the biggest cost of living crisis probably since the 70s hit almost immediately afterwards. Uh, and like anyone else, he made a few missteps at, 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 the, at the beginning. Yes, he has a notoriously fractious relationship with Michael Healy Ray. But sometimes I think that's just a little bit of a break from him uh, for him that he, he can he can just have uh, in sporting terms a little bit of digging on the side uh, whilst he's also being uh, uh, responsible uh, and, uh, and 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 thoughtful. I, I think you know in the, I think he grew on the Irish people uh, that you know people were a little suspicious uh, of uh, of him when he, when he came into office uh, and Fianna Fáil were a declining. Um, uh, party during that election and many people believe had it lasted another week they might even have lost more seats so he didn't exactly come in with a strong mandate uh, but um, you know, I think the people, if you look at opinion polls, uh, they trust him 
they may not love him, but they see him sort of almost as a, a, a reasonably amiable parish priest. <laughs> That's the best you can write to John, is it? <laughs> well, well, it, it, it is rumoured that a certain uh, high-profile figure in a different party uh, originally nicknamed him the priest, uh, although that is only a rumour, of course, uh, but uh, subsequently uh, voiced quite eloquent tributes to him uh, at a Nordesh uh, whilst looking for Fianna Fáil's second transfers, of okay, course. Okay, the uh, priest, such, such the priest. Nice. I, uh, I don't know, well, that, that used to be a, a big compliment maybe decades ago, but it's kind of lost its luster, I suppose, because of what's happened um, when they did church. A, a little bit. But, and um, John, can I ask you as well about um, the, the, the way he, he kind of comports himself in the doll in particular? I mean, again, you're in there every day, you know the, the kind of the rhythm of the place, but Mary Lou MacDonald, you mentioned the Healy Rays. I mean, he's, she certainly got under his skin and he kind of got into that school teacher kind of irritable sort of mode, which we hadn't seen that often. I mean, was that one of the challenges he found? Sinn Féin obviously were benefiting from big poll numbers in their favour. He sort of almost, he seems to kind of, whereas Leo Varadkar seems a bit more ice in the veins when he's debating her, whereas Michael Martin seemed to, she seemed to get under his skin and sort of push him, you know? Yes, but I mean, sort of his own party in particular would have been anxious to see him, uh, you know, if, if hit back at Sinn Féin. Uh, and certainly um, Sinn Féin's uh, polling numbers uh, uh, have, have, have declined, uh, despite all of the conventional wisdom that the big parties should be very polite to them and not attack them. Um, and overall, he's been in, within the doyle uh, and internationally. Uh, he's, 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 you know, he's fluent, he's knowledgeable, he's uh, sophisticated in his understanding of politics. Uh, and he does not lack self-certainty uh, in, in any degree. Uh, and to be utterly fair to him, I mean, he provided uh, direction and guidance through coronavirus. Yes, there were errors, but uh, the perfect is the enemy of the of the good. Uh, and he comes out um, much uh, much more respected. Uh, I, I think in, in looking at sort of his altercations uh, in, with Mary Lou uh, and with the Healy Rays uh, and Michael Collins and, and other such colourful gentlemen, uh, that uh, those who might be thinking that he has laboured sufficiently long in the vineyard and it is time for the poor man to take a rest and retire... Uh, might might possibly think again. He he comes from a very tough school of politics. Uh, he 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 dates back to the end of the Hawhi era. Well, uh, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I was going to ask you to put him in the pantheon of Fianna Fáil leaders. Let's put it into the party political. Obviously, we're talking big names, or as we now call them, big beasts. You know, from De Valera to Lamas to Jack Lynch to Hawhi. Bertie Ahern, Brian Cowan may be slightly different because of the economic uh, outturn there. But when you put him in that kind of company, where do you place him then? And I know that's, by the way, a big question that needs more time. But just what's your instinctual reaction to that? I think he sits there. Funnily enough, he actually sits, I think, more closely to some of the uh, the Fine Gael uh, uh, Liam Cosgrave and to a certain extent Ender Kenny as well too not necessarily deeply loved but certainly respected I think it's important to note that he, when he took Fianna Fáil over uh, they were a party that had just uh, been savaged by the electorate uh, there was, they had 21 seats uh, and uh, it is some achievement for him to uh, create a situation where, uh, and his own ranks uh, uh, forget it actually more often than the rest of us, they were actually the biggest party at the end of the last uh, general election. Yeah, it's it's widely forgotten. Final question, John, of course, is is where he goes next. Um, can you just bring us up to date on speculation that foreign affairs is his destiny and Simon Coveney would do a, a political switcheroo over to the Department of Enterprise? Is that still what your information is? 
Um, that's the conventional wisdom. Uh, very restricted in terms of what they can do, uh, in terms that he's offered a guarantee to Darrell O'Brien that he'll stay uh, in housing. Um, he, uh, The two finance ministries are gone. Uh, so it, it, it looks as if it will be foreign affairs, and uh, that might not necessarily put Simon Coveney too out, because as somebody said, uh, enterprise is mostly foreign travel and long, boring speeches, and Simon is good at both. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say. We'll have to have Simon on to the fair. That's a terrible thing to say. Not quite as bad as amiable parish priest, as, as you described the Taoiseach, but they, that could be I've taken either way. Friends, <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, John. That's John Drennan, who is, of course, the political correspondent of the Mail Group. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.